Welcome to another episode. Today's episode is inspired partly by Valentine's Day and all this talk of love and partly from just my own personal journey with energy and Reiki and learning all about taking care of myself and self-care. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how we can create our own self-care culture. Self-care is something that seems to be such a buzzword, but what is self-care? I mean, I like sitting down on the sofa and watching TV. I like eating chocolate and ice cream. Is that all self-care? I guess so. Self-care really comes down to allowing yourself to look after yourself, to nurture yourself, to have these moments to yourself where you really are channeling into doing and being all the things that you love. What I've learned about self-care is that it really needs to be looked at as something that you can tap into rather than something you add to your list. Because let's face it, our list of things to do during the day is usually already quite long. So seeing self-care as an additional can be really off-putting. And a lot of people think that self-care is all about sitting down, being quiet, being peaceful. But self-care could mean that you just take yourself out, go have some fun, go listen to your tunes, crank them up. It's about the essence of you and tapping into doing something that you want to do free of guilt and obligation, free of responsibility. In a way, we connect to our inner child when we self-care. When you think about children, they do that so naturally. They are very open about going and doing exactly what they love to the point where it can be really annoying that they don't seem to have any consideration for the things that need to be done, like the responsibilities. And as annoying as this can be, it can be quite eye-opening to look at it from their perspective. These children who, they don't have yet any, what's the word, kind of essence of judgment other than you know what we as parents put on them and I'm guessing when they get to adolescence that's really when it starts to come in when you start to look at yourself and question yourself when you know during adolescence there's a lot of harsh words that can be said but just bringing that back in a bit self-care really is taking ourselves back to that innocence that we had as a child where we really did put ourselves first and we did it so unashamedly but over time as we've grown up we tend to have these layers of shame and guilt put on us from caring about ourselves from really putting ourselves first now on this journey of self-care there has been times when i really have got very confused about this notion of putting myself first. As a mum of two children, it was automatic to me 
that my children came first. And I think a lot of us feel that way. When you become a parent, you have this tiny human that depends on you so much. You cannot not give it love and nurture. But it doesn't necessarily have to be at the detriment of your own nurturing. Yes, there's a lot more demand on you and you get a lot less sleep, but the mentality that you still deserve some time for yourself is still there. And that's what it comes down to. I found at this time when I became a parent, the guilt was so overwhelming of having to take care of this tiny human and the I, w- I was so fearful of being judged or criticised for getting it wrong. Like, how could I possibly not put my children's needs before my own? What kind of person would I be if I didn't? It was really interesting because along the way, I met different people who had different opinions about it. It seemed that the way that I looked up on it was coming from a place inside of me that I didn't even know. A lot of parents, when you become a parent, it tends to open this Pandora's box of all these feelings that you didn't even realise that you had about yourself or about the way that you do things. They seem to become heightened. And so on this journey of self-care, I really had absolutely no self-care routine at all when my first child came along. I was putting him first for everything. In fact, I couldn't relax until I felt like he was settled. (laughs) Now, my eldest child never settled for a long time. He didn't sleep for a long time. He was up a lot during the night. He wouldn't go off and play by himself for a long period of time. So that really meant that my energy was at an all-time low because every time he needed me and it was so frequent, so it was so often and it was throughout the day and the night, I never really got any chance for me to top my energy up. No, I did have support, obviously, my partner was there to help. But my mentality was still, I was so tuned into my son. I wanted him to be happy. I wanted him to be healthy. I wanted him to be settled. And until I could sense that, I couldn't relax myself. Now, fast forward, my child is eight years old and my youngest son is five. I've gone through this whole process of really starting to look at my behavior and recognize that there were unhealthy parts of me that were coming through as a result of having children. And yeah, you're going to relate to this if you're a parent, because let's face it, kids are really hard fucking work and there's nothing like kids to push your buttons. But what is so interesting is it really, as much as it propelled me to this level of exhaustion and confusion and what the actual fuck do I do with these children? How do I even get a break? It pushed me in a direction of I have to do something about this because I'm burnt out. 
I was literally burnt out. There was nothing left to give. I was getting up with my children alternatively alternately (laughs) throughout the night. And during the day, I was feeding and everything else that comes with them. And so I was in this, what felt like hell at the time. I had to find something that was going to give me a moment of freedom, of a, a moment of being completely relieved of responsibility. I just wanted a break. I just wanted to get away. I didn't feel physically good. I didn't feel mentally or emotionally good. And so I started to investigate ways in which I could understand what I was going through. And Reiki was one of the ways. And it was interesting how I stumbled across Reiki. I I think I'd heard of it once in my lifetime, but I'd really it'd gone in one ear and out the other. I'd not thought about it for too long. Probably like most people, I'd just thought it sounds like some kind of woo-woo crap. But the way that I stumbled into Reiki was by being guided to a meditation evening which promoted anxiety relief and help with depression. And so that's what drew me in. I needed some help. I was definitely feeling supremely anxious and I was feeling depressed. I was feeling very trapped in my life and I felt guilty for that because I'd created these beautiful children with my partner and I'd and I we had this amazing we have this amazing home and really I should have been feeling all of the amazing positive feelings of this happy ever after life that I that we'd created together and yet here I was feeling kind of empty and lonely and depressed and angry and resentful and exhausted so I went to this meditation evening and it had the most calming, the room was so calming, I was in a room full of strangers and yet when I went in I felt so instantly at home. And I thought this was such an interesting experience to feel completely relaxed and guilt free and just enjoy some time with me. So I started to become kind of curious about this feeling and obviously wanted more of it because as soon as I came home from it it was about five minutes before my children were putting their demands on me again. From that meditation evening and from understanding what Reiki is and more about how Reiki feels and I think that's the key element when you are working with energy, your energy, is that it is a feeling that you can't quite explain to somebody other than you feel calm and peaceful during the meditation sessions or the one-to-one Reiki healing sessions. But everything that happens after that it can be a bit like a roller coaster. You're starting to learn about yourself. You start to learn about why you 
put other people first, why you're always rushing around, why you're always getting involved and why you want to, you know, help fix um, problems or try to stop any problems happening or stop conflict or control situations. This is just some examples of what I've been learning. Um, and as you do that, you start to recognize that a lot of the care you need is put to the back because you're putting all your energy into your family, your friends, your loved ones, your even your work, your home. You've over time, due to whatever you've heard or from others or you've learnt along the way through life that you really shouldn't be putting yourself first in a I'm just having a break I'm, you know we've, we're in this world of I've got to go to work and then after work I've got to pick the kids up or I've got to spend time with the kids or I've got to do some exercise or you know and then the, then there's social media on top of that's keeping on top of social media housework to do blah blah blah, blah like or the list literally goes on and so we've become so disconnected from our natural needs of just need to sit down and have a fucking break. I don't want to explain it to anybody. I shouldn't need to justify it to anybody. What I need to do in this moment is honour myself and honour my body. And if that means I just need to put myself first, and I'm sorry, but you might have to wait, or in fact, here's an idea, you might have to do something for yourself, then that's what's going to have to happen. The understanding how understanding how you are behaving as a result of whatever crap that has filled your head for so long, you can then start to rewire your brain. Give yourself a break. Give yourself this allowance and this permission to just take time for yourself. You can really tap into all the things that you want to do without guilt. But it's little by little by little because this is a whole lifetime's work of trying to unravel yourself from all of this uh, how can I even explain it think about all of the relationships you've been in in your life all of the events that have happened to you the experiences the highs and the lows and what you take away from each one of those is an energy has an energetic impact even though you might have walked away from those situations energetically they can stay with you when they are experiences that impact you physically and mentally the energy that has had it has created within you can still be there and you'll feel this when you think about like just think about a situation that caused you so much heartache when you think about it, how does your body feel? I mean, you can get like a knot in your stomach or you can start to get really emotional. You can feel nausea. You can feel tightness. So the energetic impact of those situations are, is still there. Now, self-care is, yes, it's about finding time for yourself and having a moment of pure indulgence for you but it can also be on the flip side of really 
caring for yourself in those moments when it truly is so painful and it's so hard that you need to take time for yourself to be with that feeling. You really need to sit down and just let all of these emotions come up and out. Self-care sometimes does not always look pretty. It's about, let's say you, I don't know, we'll go back to the analogy from the first episode. You cut yourself. Now, that's not a pretty moment when you hurt yourself. And it's happened for whatever reason. But you need to bandage it. You need to look at it. If if it's got a bit of muck in it, you really need to actually clean it before you can bandage it. And that's exactly what you're doing with energy work. The self-care is if you are feeling these emotions, which are totally valid and normal, and God, don't beat yourself up for them. They are part of being human. But where are they coming from? Especially if they are repeating over and over again to the point where they're causing you frustration and anger and real anxiety and depression. Self-care can look like sitting with yourself in those moments and really asking, why do I feel this way? Where is this coming from? When in my life have I experienced this and why is it showing up now? For example, okay, I... I can give you an example of where I'm with my children, which is like a lot of the time. My children have become these triggers, or they don't become, they are my triggers in many respects, because they behave in a way that challenges me. They might behave sometimes in a way, well, a lot of the time, (laughs) in a way that's really silly and really noisy, cheeky. And these are parts of myself that I don't love because when I was little, I was told off for being that way. So when my children behave like that, it's like a somebody is showing me myself, reminding me, oh my gosh, you know, that's how you behaved. You know, you you're gonna, are you going to let them behave like that? Because what is in my mind, I got told off for it. So my mind has been wired to think that the way they're behaving is wrong. It's wrong and they need punishment. Now, because I'm on this journey of self-care and I'm starting to recognize when I need some time for myself and recognize that I don't need to do things for everybody, recognize that actually the voice in my head from those experiences, especially when I was a child, might not always be the voice of rationale or um, what's the word the voice of reason it might not be the voice of higher love so I can question in that moment hang on a minute am I reacting to my children's behavior out of love or am I reacting to them out of fear that they're a direct representation of me and so I can't let them show them those parts of themselves because they might get judged and they might get told off in fact never mind them I might get judged people will look at me and criticize me like I did like they did when I was a child it continues through life and so in those moments when I'm really pushed and obviously 
I don't always take the greatest approach to my children's behaviour because I'm still learning. This path is all about learning, understanding your behaviour, understanding how to apply what you learn about your behaviour, recognise when you're in those moments of, hmm, hang on a minute, I'm getting cross, why am I getting cross? It's always about these challenges that are going to show up in life and how you can approach them from a new perspective with a new technique, with a new understanding, a fresh understanding through the tools that you learn on this energy work. But if you don't, in those moments, give yourself the love that you need, like, hang on a minute, I just need to love myself in this moment because my kids are really pushing a button that's something bigger than them. They're not being knobheads because that's (laughs) they want to be knobheads they're just being children now does that mean I wasn't allowed to be a child when I was little possibly why because maybe there's something that's going on with my parents that's gone way down the line going back years and years and years and you think about the generations go way back to when children could be seen and not heard we are still feeling the effects of that now and the beauty of this work And the beauty of self-care is that you learn to love and accept every single part of you. You embrace it. And when you embrace every single part of you and you break free of all of the crap and all of the ancestral demands and judgment and criticism that's come down the line through generation upon generation that's been taught to you through from your great grandmother to your grandmother to your mother to you, you come to a point where you are now waking up to the idea that every part of you is acceptable and lovable. And if it doesn't make somebody feel good or comfortable, then that's their problem. Now, I'm not saying that you go around telling everyone to come themselves or hurting other people. That's different. <laughs> you, you are responsible for your energy. What I am saying is, can you be in those moments of discomfort with others? Can you love yourself in that moment of discomfort? And this is really key because if you can love yourself in the moments of discomfort, even when you were younger and people told you to stop crying, I don't know, you might have even got smacked for it, but they reprimanded you for being who you are and showing your true emotions. Can you love yourself? Can you truly love yourself in those moments? Those moments when you feel really crappy about yourselves, those moments when you question life and its purpose and your relationships and what the fuck are we even doing here and what is this all about and am I happy and I should feel happy and am I loved and am I lovable can you truly love yourself can you truly sit down with yourself can you sit down with yourself and give yourself yourself the care self-care the care that you need in that moment over time as you start to incorporate more self-care, more loving energy towards yourself, you realise how important it is in, in the effect that it has on your emotional 
vibrations, I guess, but on your overall well-being. And it becomes something that you are able to use as a tool. Now, at first in this journey, like as an example, I would go to the meditation evening once a week. And then I started to do Reiki one-to-one like every two weeks or once a month. Reiki was something that I went to. It was something that I thought was controlled by someone else. And then I started to realise the more and more that I understood about it, the more and more that I applied it at home through my own meditation, through my own self-work, I realised it wasn't something that was created by others. It was something that I could create every day. Something that I could use every day to help me. To help me before I woke up in the morning. I mean, sorry, before I got up in the morning. Something that I could start my day with. A bit like when people get up and go for a run or an exercise or wake up and have a coffee. If it's something that helps you, if it's a ritual that helps you feel good about yourself, then why wouldn't you want to do it? And so I've learned to really incorporate this self-care into my day. And I've had to allow myself to do that. Because at first, I thought, what a lot of crap this is. How the hell am I even going to get five minutes, to, uh, 10 minutes, 20 minutes to meditate when I can't even go to the loo by myself with these kids? But what I recognized was that I was preventing myself from giving myself the time and the love I needed because I was so focused on giving it to everybody else. It was like I was the bottom of the list. And then I realized, hang on a minute, I like doing this work. I feel good every time that I tap into myself in a in a meditation or if I just sit quietly if I light my candles and my incense and I use some Reiki techniques and breath work I like this how it feels and I want to do it and so I had to learn how to give myself permission to do it and I also had to learn how to create boundaries and another buzzword that's out there, I mean, what boundaries, what are they? I didn't have any. I didn't have any. There were no boundaries when I started this work. But over time, I've had to create boundaries. And the beautiful thing about me sharing this is that now I can help others to create boundaries. You think about a garden or wherever you live. If there were no boundaries as to where your house stopped and the other house started. How the hell would we know which is our space and the other person's space? And that's really the simplistic way of understanding your energetic boundary. Where do you start and another person ends? I'll rephrase that. (laughs) Where does your energy end and another person starts? And when you can see that, and recognize that there is this whole area that you can truly create boundaries and pathways and space with various different 
elements in it that you can harness for your own good. I'm going to give an example because I, I don't want to sound like I'm going off on a tangent. So, for example, we've had an absolute hellish time with uh, one of our neighbours. And when we first moved in, we had um, the neighbour came round literally on the first day we moved in and we were starting work on the house building. And um, she came round to say that. I remember the very first thing she said was, you want to get a gate on this um, like in front of our drive and I remember my partner telling me because she'd said it to him and I thought what the fuck why the fuck are you telling me to put or why are you telling us to get a gate on our drive like why who what are you talking about <laughs> and now like five years later five years of having literally them coming around every time we were doing work and I understand work is really annoying but it's temporary and it you know it, it, it it's temporary um and also the idea that you know this is our home and we are doing the improvements to it i had to really understand every time my neighbor came round to complain and i was just full of anxiety and worried and to the point where i didn't even want to do any work on the house i was questioning whether it was okay are we doing something illegal and the more and more that I worked on myself and understood myself through meditation work and energy work and released a lot of this idea that I had to please everybody and also put the boundaries up. I mean, looking back on it, God, I wish I had put a gate on that front uh, drive because she wouldn't have been able to get in. <laughs> but I had left myself wide open for somebody to come in and highlight all of the you know, my literally my worst fears, like being criticised, being judged, being, as you know, told that I'm doing something wrong, that I could get in trouble, was all of my worst fears coming to light every time my neighbour came round. And I really had to sit with myself and ask myself, am I doing something wrong? Are we doing something wrong? I don't think we're doing something wrong. I mean, I need even needed the police to come round to assure me that I, we weren't doing anything wrong. And that's how deep sometimes our worries and anxieties and our fears can go they can run right through us all through our life and 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 really deep down to the core where we don't even know ourselves you know we we need somebody else to tell us but in fact even when somebody else can tell us everything we need to hear unless we truly believe it ourselves then it's just going to keep coming back and coming back that's what i love about this work i love that as you start to understand your energy you you create a more loving relationship with yourself really and it all starts with that moment of what do I need what care do I need to give myself you take yourself easily to the doctor or the hospital if there was a physical issue but when there's something emotional and energetic and I'm grateful that nowadays we are talking more about mental health and well-being and complementary and alternative therapies are becoming more mainstream. But I think there is still a little bit of reluctance towards getting some help energetically because it's not maybe what our parents did. It's not something we saw growing up. It's kind of maybe still seen in some ways as new age. But we don't have any problem going to get a massage. We don't have any problem going to a spa. They've become so like trendy, uh, you know, and 
literally I could spend every day in a spa, I love it, and not feel guilty about it. It's exactly the same thing with energy work or Reiki work. You can take yourself to a space, whether that's a practitioner like myself, or you can create your own space. And what a lot a lot of times what happens is my clients or people that you know I have spoken to about Reiki have eventually created their own space where they feel like they can do energy work it's a little bit like creating your own comfort blanket I guess you know when you're a child or even when you're grown up like I absolutely love my bed and it's that space that I know that I can get into and it's warm and cozy and I can rest and I put all the things around me that I love all the books that I want to read and my candles and my crystals and you know I might have like a face mask there or and it's really understanding that as much as you allow yourself that time because that's become the norm you can, of going to bed and getting a good night's sleep, incorporating that throughout your day is important too. Now, it's just come up, I've just reminded me, I used to live in Spain, it feels like a lifetime ago now. But in Spanish culture, having a time midday where everything stops and you really sit down and you spend time with your family and you have a really decent meal and you talk. And I mean, I don't know how many people nowadays have a siesta, but you know, the culture is that you stop and you have a little bit of a rest. So in for them, it, that's normal. Where And I'm guessing in other parts of the world, um, more Eastern, I would, I would say, where traditions and cultures of taking your time and focusing on the present moment and allowing yourself rest are really honored. I mean, you can look at the well-being of those countries and it will be a lot more, the well-being is, is say what healthier or maybe it's more the focal point than say rushing around making money trying to please other people being on um just simply being on all the time there's a real understanding in those cultures that time to stop and be and embrace the present moment is so important. I was reading the other day about a tea ceremony. Um, I was, in fact, I was explaining it to my partner and how, you know, the actual, it's not just about drinking tea. It's about creating a space where you bring the tea to the table and even just the bringing of the tea and the laying of the teapot and then the laying of the leaves and putting everything in place of if you've ever seen and this is going to sound so bonkers but I think it's Karate Kid 3 I, or is it 2 no I think it's 3 where where um, Daniel-san and Mr. Miyagi go to Japan and he meets Daniel meets um, Daniel-san meets um um, this Japanese girl and obviously falls in love with her standard and um, but she does this whole tea ceremony and he makes a joke in the middle of the ceremony and she gives him a look 
and then he says, oh, I'm sorry, because she's taking the ceremony so seriously. It's like she's slowing down and honouring the tradition. And if you actually do something similar yourself, where you really embrace laying out something, I don't know, let's say it's a hobby that you do, and you are spending time and you're really laying everything out, looking at everything and take your time to you know, look at what you're going to do next. Mm, I'm a jigsaw is coming to mind. I don't know why, but you're not just tipping out. Well, I suppose there's different ways of doing it, but if you tip out the box of pieces, and <laughs> I've seen people do this, you know, where they actually will start, they'll turn every piece over, and they'll get all of the corner bits, and there's a whole process to it, and then there's a space where they start to lay out all of the pieces. And they might have a cup of tea with it and then they might go away and then they'll come back to it. And it's a real, you know, these kind of processes, ceremonies or rituals or just a, a moment of really enjoying something and embracing it and being in that moment fully. That's all part of this idea of self-care. Because what happens in those moments is you tune out from the noise that's around. You tune out from the chatter of responsibility. Now, I'm not saying you can do that all day, every day. Of course not. We have responsibilities. And unfortunately, I have to go and pick my kids up every day as much as I just would want to leave them there overnight most of the time. But I have to go pick them up. In fact, I was telling my partner that um, our car now, when I get into the car just before three it tells me how long it's going to take to get to the school their school and my partner said oh it's so clever isn't it and I said yeah it's slightly depressing at the same time because it's like I'm having this um unspoken conversation with my car oh we're going to school again Anna yeah okay I, you know, like just same old every day a little bit depressing but <laughs> I don't know, I just went off on a tangent there. I don't even know where that came from. Um, but just, yeah, responsibilities. You, you you know, we can't deny that we have responsibilities. We have to make a living. Somehow we have to pay the bills, don't we? We have, we have you know, this kind of basic um, need to be practical and responsible. But we also have opportunities to really indulge ourselves. And sometimes those the more that you practice those moments of indulgence and letting your self and your letting your heart lead what you want to do sometimes they can take you off in a direction that becomes something practical and logical and allows you to sustain um some kind of financial um element so that you can create a job out of it you think about the people who've created businesses from just doing what they love. And nowadays, there's absolutely nothing to stop you from doing that because everything is at your fingertips. Literally everything that you need to create a business is on your phone. But going back again, right to the beginning of the mentality and the allowance, the permission, are you going to let yourself do that? I mean, you might look at the phone and go, well, I don't know how to create a Etsy page or a podcast or a web page. No, you don't. But are you going to allow yourself to learn? 
are you going to switch something in your life that maybe you are doing for the sake of what you think you should be doing or for the accolade or the it's not bringing you enjoyment maybe it's a pressure that you have you think you should be doing it you denying yourself the opportunity to explore based on the fact that it's something you want to do so you're denying yourself you time bringing it back in because we're coming near to the end of the session now um it is valentine's day today that i'm recording this so it is really really heightened today the the idea that you should give yourself time you should give yourself love a lot of us come onto this journey of energy work and reiki because we're at a point where we don't feel loved we don't feel loving we're struggling to love others as a result of our own self-loathing we're struggling to create a loving energy towards ourselves and so we seek these ways that can help us love ourselves again and as a result we start to love others so i really hope that today on valentine's day you give yourself all the love that you need in whatever sense it is i'm not going to list the ways in which you can love yourself because it could be literally anything from the most normal and like obvious way to the most like never even have thought of that you know however it is that you love yourself go do it as long as you are not putting anybody else um in a position of pain or to the detriment of anybody else so thank you for listening um i hope that this has helped whoever has listened i hope you have um a beautiful day evening of love loving energy if you don't know if you haven't been told you are love you are totally loved you are full of loving energy i love you and i'm really grateful for you tuning in so i will see you again on another episode soon